February 26 was when, for lack of better words, the world ended. That's only a little bit of hyperbole. The planet, of course, still exists and is very much intact. I am still here. My world is just as unended as it was on the 25th. It's just that, well, everything else. Or, more specifically, everyone else. To say that I'm flabbergasted is like saying that an elephant is a large mammal. I mean, it's true, but it's not really getting the full scope of the story, now is it? I've seen an elephant before. It could flatten me with just one of its feet, and I'm by no means a small person. Or maybe that last statement was wrong. If I am the only person left, does that mean that I am the most averagely sized person possible? The most sane, the most murderous, the one who most likes pineapple on pizza, even though I despise such a thing? That's weird. Probably not something that matters, but weird. The craziest thing is that everyone else was right, you know? I was all ready to go to work with a smug smile stitched across my face. Of course the world didn't end on February 26. How could such a thing happen? No asteroids were projected to hit Earth, no strange disease was ravaging the planet. Diplomatic tensions between the nuclear powers were just as tepid as they always were, nothing more than bluster. And if something like the rapture was going to happen, why, that would leave me with at least five billion other people to exist with. Thousands, no, millions of people had predicted the end of the world since the dawn of language. Of course the world would end at some point, because you, the person listening to Armageddon's story, were the main character of existence. Of course you'd be around to see the coolest, most dramatic thing to ever happen. Of course you'd be judged righteous and let into your chosen afterlife, just because you were able to keep that bulbous ego of yours in check. And what were the most popular ones? Mayans were certainly one. You stop one calendar hundreds of years in the future because, well, it's hundreds of years in the future, your arms are tired, and if future people are too lazy to make their own calendars, well, that's on them, isn't it? Of course, your lack of zeal for your job, ancient craftsman, magically means the seas are going to swallow the earth. Because of reasons. And then there was the second coming of Jesus, or the emergence of the twelfth imam, or whatever your chosen religious setting was. But there was never any evidence that the dead could walk, the blind could see, or that a man could live in isolation for over a thousand years. And yet, even without evidence, it was always just right around the corner. If you multiplied seven by the number of stars in the sky when Jesus said the fir said his first word as a baby, why then, then the end of the world must be next Tuesday. Just grifters grifting, as always. Nonsense a thousand times over. True nonsense. And then the world ended on February 26. I am aghast. I am astonished. The air is silent and clean. The battery on my phone is dying. My stomach is rumbling, and the stove doesn't work. February 26. It happened, and yet I have no understanding as to why. Everyone had been freaking out about it. Even the most cynical people I knew, like Albert down in payroll, he spent all of February 25th calling his family. And he hated his family, and he never strayed from work. 
He was completely convinced, even when I never knew the guy to believe in a single conspiracy. The JFK assassination? The work of that Oswald guy. The Roswell crash? A story staged by a local Roswellian bigwig to put the, to put the town on the map. February 26th? Well, that, of course, was the end of human history. I never got a clear idea of what was supposed to happen. I don't even know what did, and I was apparently there. But, you know, if everyone believed that February 26th was the day to end all days, there had to be a reason as to why, right? I got lots of different answers. Planet X, one of the dwarf planets from the Kuiper Belt, was moving into a position where it would imbalance the gravitational well of the sun, causing the moon to spiral into the Earth's surface. One of the old gods of Lovecraftian legend was set to emerge from the Atlantic Ocean and drive all that lived insane. Nanorobots that lived in people's blood were going to revolt against their technocratic overlords, and by extension, everyone on the planet. Those were just a few. But each explanation is obviously false. The moon never collided with the earth, Cthulhu never woke from his sleep, and I never felt a single bit of tingling in my blood. No nukes went off, no aliens bombarded the planet with lasers, the air was never tainted with poisonous gas. It was just that... everyone was gone. I woke up expecting that normal day. Normal-ish, anyways. I knew it was going to be bad. Looting was going to be commonplace, like it was for the three days leading up to the non-event. General chaos would reign as people let go of their inhibitions in an orgy of ecstasy. And the only consolation I would get for being right, instead of that rapturous feeling, would be a smug smirk I could plaster on my face. My only reward. It was supposed to be, mostly, a normal day. I woke up with no messages on my phone. There were a couple of emails, but they were from robots. No social media posts, no missed calls. Then I noticed the sound. I lived, uh, still mostly live on the side of the freeway. It used to be busy. No, it was the third busiest road in town. I could always hear cars passing by, obnoxious people revving their engines or playing their bass so loud I could feel the air shake. It was just always there, at all hours. Until it wasn't. And I looked out the window. I stared for a minute. Not one singular car passed by. Not one pedestrian, not one motorcycle, not one anything. It was 8am, judging by my phone and the clock by my bed. It was time for thousands of people to be moving about, going to work, all that kind of nonsense. And hundreds of those thousands would be on the road by my apartment right at that moment. But they weren't. They were. They were. I called my parents. I called my friends. I called my boss. Sometimes I got the answering machine. Sometimes the phone service just kind of blanked out. I walked outside. No activity. I walked down the street to the local park. Nothing. I knocked on my neighbor's doors. No answers, save the shuddering of wood. I checked around on the internet. The content was still there, churning itself out, but slower, much slower. What sprung up in my newsfeed was simply stuff that was pre-planned, left to automatically drop itself into the broader world. Not something that a person made on the 26th. The realization dawned on me more and more by the minute. I thought it some practical joke, of course. Of course, everyone in the world was just trying to prank me. 
They were there, behind their doors, snickering at me. The nerd who disbelieved the end of the world. That's what was happening. <clears throat> but the problem is, I was never important. Not by any measure. I was hardly even important to myself. So which was more likely? That 8 billion people had decided to ruin their lives a little to scare me, this one person that nobody really cared about, or that what I heard and saw with my own senses was real. As the minutes dragged into hours and the hours into days, I lost hope of it being fake. If there was one thing I knew about people, it was like they, they liked doing stuff. And doing stuff meant, well, I meant walking around, driving, existing in a city with running water and electricity. When those flickered off, well, I was sure I'd found my answer. February 26 had been the end. The last day. Everyone was gone. Well, maybe not everyone, but if there were other people, I have yet to see them. The world was empty. Dead. February 26. I'll curse that day forevermore. I'll curse it today. I'll curse it tomorrow. I'll curse it on my deathbed. Update. Things are worse than I thought. Much, much worse. Like, I, I can't even begin to explain it to you, myself, whatever, how much worse things are than I thought they were. But I'll try. In trying, I might find a single puzzle piece for the puzzle. And then... I was hungry. I've been hungry. It's now March 3rd, and I was so confident in the idea that February 26th was a lie that I never stocked up on anything. And with the power out and the fridge dead, there was only what was left in my pantry. Crackers, chips, raisins, canned fish. Not exactly a banquet, but then that bled out too. So, when I opened my pantry to see nothing more than uncooked rice and dust balls, I decided to take action. See, I hadn't been out of the apartment much since February 26th. I didn't have much of a reason to be. Well, that's not right. I had plenty of reason to go out, see if there was some lesson, some truth I could find in the abandoned city. And I did, a little, but I treated the first days of this madness like it was a little vacation. Because, let's be honest, I, I needed one. Before the 26th, I hadn't had an extra day off in a full year, and with watching Clarice's kids on the side, why, everything ached. I just needed a good old-fashioned lie down with a book cradled in my arm. I can't blame myself for that inaction. After all, I, I didn't expect to find an answer. I still don't. Heck, I expect to find an answer to the catastrophe even less now than I did yesterday. But I just say all this to put my past self to ease. It was okay. I did right by the knowledge it had. I cannot blame it for, for not knowing what I know now. If you call the thing that I know something about something that you can know in the first place, God, it's confusing. And it doesn't get less confusing when I confront the thing directly, either. It just... No, I, I know. Goddamn myself. I need context. I need context, even now. I can't just transcribe it into words. It doesn't make any sense like that. I was hungry, okay? I'd run out of the type of milk that you can keep on the shelf, and my pantry was full of cereal. Cereal and rice. 
that was going to eat raw rice or cereal for breakfast. I haven't stooped that far yet. So I decided that, that I'd go and plunder my neighbor's apartments for something tasty to drop into my belly. And no, future self, that was wise of me, because we both know that the grocery store was rated of all its food on the 26th anyways. If I wanted food, it would be in other people's pantries. Now, of course, I didn't have anyone else's keys, but I had a good hunch as to where I could find them. I'd been in the apartment complex's office a hundred times to flirt with Trisha, and I always noticed that shiny metallic glint coming off the open drawer in the back cabinet. The super's keys. With them, I could get into anyone's apartment. Anyone's. And then I could have food for months. So, that's what I did. I nipped on down to the office, took the keys, shed a solitary tear for the cute girl I'd never see again, and walked back to my place, keys in tow. Then it was just a question of whose apartment I would pilfer first. I decided to try Jeffrey's, you know, my former next-door neighbor. Why? I mean, I don't know. I hated the guy. Especially how he talked to his dog in that high-pitched voice he used for babies, and how he'd do it constantly for minutes just at the threshold of my door. It just felt right to steal from him. I'd been in his place a couple of times, right after I moved in. He'd had a little welcoming party for me with a couple of other tenants, and his then fiance, later wife, now... How do you even describe a relationship between people who don't exist? Are they no longer married, or is the fact that they dissipate at the same time mean that their bond truly transcends time and space, simply because my mind cannot adequately classify it? Anyways, his place was kind of fancy. He'd been living there for five years by the time I moved in, and he was a bit of a neat freak. But more than anything, I remembered seeing his pantry chock full of goodies. And there it was, looking me right in the face as I twisted the lock and swung the door open. The pantry. Stocked full to the brim with fancy crackers, pre-cooked soups, jerkies, military MREs, fancy wines, rice, beans. He really had taken the whole end of the world thing seriously. Or maybe his wife had. Either way, such preparedness didn't help them, now did it? It only meant to help me. I tore into a bag of teriyaki jerky and took a long gaze around the room. It was as empty and dead as everywhere else, frozen in the moment of time before everyone disappeared. A couple pairs of shoes were laid before the balcony door, a full set of dishes were left to dry by the sink, and two coffee cups were busy smearing stains into the table between the TV and the couch. There was no sign of anything else. Strange paintings hung from the wall, colorful, abstract pieces that I wasn't sure if they had depicted either a sandcastle or a camel, or both, but they'd been there since the time I had visited. There was no trace of the dog, however. I'd seen plenty of animals wandering the streets, dogs, cats, raccoons, skunks, birds flying in the skies, but this particular dog, the one I'd grown to despise by association, seems like it too had simply flickered out of existence. There were no droppings, no dirty paw prints on the floor, a scratch box on the door. All that was left was a vague impression of the thing's dander on the air. I once heard from a sociopathic friend that you could learn a lot about a person based on the place that they lived. The decorations, the color, whether they made their bed or not, etc., etc. I guess I could have learned a lot about Jeffrey and Clarissa based on their art choices. Their minds had been scrambled long before the end, it seemed. To be so fastidious and yet so into abstract art, maybe it was a quirk of their relationship. Clarissa was definitely more the neat person. Jeffrey was the art guy. At least that's what it was later. 
Either way, it didn't matter, did it? What use was it to learn about a person who no longer existed, besides to sate that gnawing feeling of curiosity? My sociopath friend had said that himself because he'd invited himself into my room, and figured that he could learn enough about the posters therein to manipulate me into doing his homework in the future. In this brave new world, why, there would be no one to manipulate. Just myself. And my curiosity was satiated by one or two glances around the room. Well, sort of. Since I was already in their apartment, I simply wondered what their bedroom was like. There was no ulterior motive. I was just wondering. You know, because I'm a person. I'm me. I'd freed myself from the burden of relaxing, and now I was hunting for answers. Any answers. Would an answer exist in some boring, annoying guy's bedroom? Almost certainly not. But would it hurt to try? Also no. See, I was wrong on both counts. The door was unlocked. I could twist it with nothing but my hand. So I did. I twisted the doorknob, pushed a little, and... And there it was. In between the stars there is nothing, but there can be more nothing still. So much nothing that it defies possibility. So devoid that cause and effect cease to be. Within it lies no potential, no past, no future, and barely even a present. And that's what I saw, staring back at me. The actual, I kid you not, void. More of a void than space, for space devours air, making itself space plus air. So it is something. It is a measurable distance. Light can travel through it. Something can move through it. There was a sharp, burning creak as the door was swallowed, seemingly utterly, by the thing that wasn't and could never be. I jumped back, screamed, and thanked my lucky stars that I had just gone to the bathroom. Because, you know, I, I, I couldn't really think of something more frightening than... My memory has filled the thing with possibility. That I know. I think of it like I thought of space as a vacuum. But that's not what it was. It was the absence. Absence of what? The absence of even absence. For when something is missing, you can find it, create it, see it. You could not see this thing, even as it clouded your eyesight. I ran down the hallway, the corner where it met the kitchen. I looked back. It was just there not existing. The door was gone. The bedroom simply never was, and never could be again. So I left. I closed my eyes, thumped my hand against my chest to calm my heart, grabbed as much as my arms could carry, and ran back home. I bumped into the wall. One of the chip bags exploded. I could not care. I threw the food on the floor of my kitchen and jumped headfirst into my bed. I turned over. I looked around. It was the exact same bedroom I had known for years, 
It was my refuge, my stronghold, the place where things made sense, the place where things were. And maybe three feet away from it was. I wondered if I pushed my hands against the wall. Maybe it would phase bit by bit into that nothing. And then it would be right there, hanging over my head. In a fit of terror, I leaped out of my bed and shifted it from the wall facing the thing that had eaten Jeffrey's apartment, to the wall facing the outside. I had been outside. It was there. It had existed. There was no pushing the wall to desolation there. I wanted to cry. I wanted to scream. I didn't do either one of those things. Why? Was I afraid that someone was watching me and would shame me for crying about literally nothing? Or was it just that... It was just that no reaction felt appropriate. The thing that was just beyond the wall, if you could call it a thing at all, it was wrong. Desperately, infinitely wrong. I could try to fill the will of my tears, but with the saliva, my shrieks would let out, but I would never get anywhere. There was nothing to do about it. There was nothing I could do to even react to it. Not really. All I could do was sit and hope it went away. I tried to sleep. I got into my pantry and raided the little liquor bottles I kept near the top. I hadn't touched them in eight months. But it felt right. It felt like the only thing that would help me adjust to the world where there was a thing that wasn't... that wasn't... I was out to destroy the mind myself. I don't even know what I'm saying. I got drunk. Very drunk. Lean against the walls kind of drunk. I stood long and hard, thinking with my distorted mind about what I saw. Did my maddened mind find an answer? Of course not. But it brought me some furies. The void was what had caused February 26. It had eaten the rooms that people were in when they slept, and thus the people alongside them. What was the void? Even my inebriated self had no idea. It was just the fulfillment of the prophecy that everyone had crafted for themselves and each other. They truly believed that the 26 was going to eat them. So, it did. Or, more menacingly, the void was an imprint of the people that had disappeared. The wailing essence, whatever the heck essence was, stayed behind in the form of the evaporative nothing. It didn't explain the mechanism by which everyone had vanished, but it kind of felt right. Or maybe... Maybe the void was just random. A fluke. With February 26, something really had broken in the world. Something fundamental. Cause and effect no longer lined up, and the void was just a result of that. Perhaps more tears in the world would appear in time, making my destiny falling into their endless, bleak embrace. Or maybe all of that was bunk. Maybe I just need to get my eyes checked. And I would have if I figured there was a doctor out there that could do it. But the doctors were gone, of that much I was certain. And the thing had left such an imprint on my memory. No, my eyesight wasn't bad. It wasn't a bout of delirium. Hallucinations were never that consistent. I saw the end, the true end, and it was right on the other side of my bedroom wall. It made no sense. It still makes no sense. I don't know. I don't want to think about it. I have to think about it. There is nothing I can think about it. What was February 26? What is special about me? Nothing? 
Was it my willful disbelief in this thing that kept me from being swallowed by it? Or is my survival nothing more than random chance? Are the voids static? Are they eating matter? Is the air colliding into them, then? If so, how long before there's nothing to even breathe? What caused this? What was it? Who was it? What? Why? How? And not a single question could ever be answered. I'm getting plastered on my mind again and going to bed. Maybe, maybe with another night's sleep on my head, I'll be able to discern... No. Maybe with a night's sleep, I'll be able to cope with what's happening, if something can be said to be happening at all. Yes, sleep. Thoughtlessness. It will all be much easier when I am dead in the mind, and my most profound desire is to eat a pizza. Poor future me. There is no pizza, but you'll salivate over the possibility all the same. Update. I wish, I wish I could go back. I prayed on my hands and knees. To whom? I don't know. I think the Christian God, just because I have the most exposure to them. But otherwise, I prayed. I prayed and hoped, swore in my mother's grave. I would give anything, anything. But they rejected me, whoever heard my prayer, for there is nothing for me to give. I could give my life, but then that would make the point moot, no? It is everywhere. The void. Everywhere. Everywhere I don't have a memory of. Every street I never trod, every room and store I never entered. It is there. I drove around. It was there. Always. Some right turns, some left, eating the world and saving only the sky. It was in the office, too. The copy room. I never went in there. I never looked in there. The first floor bathroom. I always used the second. It was in every house. There was nothing, nothing. It was. It didn't take me long to establish the pattern. Everywhere that I don't have a memory of. No, that that's not it. I certainly didn't remember Childress Street. Not actively, anyway. Why, I only ever went down there as a baby, as my mom dropped me off with Mrs. Linus, so she would have time to take off for work. My memory of the place was only in passing, obtained through conversations I had with my mother much later on. I mean, come on, I was like three or four years old. I have no real memories from that time. And yet, Childress Street exists, flanked on either side by great boiling columns of pure, utter nothingness. So the void composes each and every place that I have not been. Los Angeles? Probably literally doesn't exist even a little bit. Paris? Same thing. London? Well, some parts of the airport are there. Probably. Surrounded by... That thing. That sort of realization, of course, lends itself to a million other questions. Because, honestly, when the void was just the void, there was less I could think about it. I could be afraid of it, ignore it, but that was pretty much the end of my interaction with the concept. But now that it is the void, nuanced by some aspect of my being, what mechanism is it that brought it to Earth? How does it know me? How was my movement tracked through all time and space? How was that gnawing, corrosive void able to be applied in specific areas anyways? The fact that the void exists in space through reference, or lack thereof, to myself, 
tells me that there is some kind of intelligence behind this whole operation. What kind of intelligence, I'm not quite sure. An infinitely cruel one, that's for sure. Cruel and yet, somehow, for some reason, forgiving to me, of all people. I was never that great, let's be honest. I made decent money. I was kind of funny. I was uncannily good at singing the national anthem. But besides that, I can't really think of anything that would make me all that special, besides the idea that I'm the person that exists within the context of me. It makes me wonder if I was the only one to ever exist. Maybe the world was a simulation for my benefit, a psychological test constructed by powers far beyond human imagination, and just now the experiment is drawing to a conclusion, or breaking down, or something. Maybe I died in my sleep, a brown recluse spider having crawled into my neck in the middle of the night on, say, the 22nd, and this whole end-of-the-world thing has been my mind's meditation on the idea that I won't be around anymore. Or maybe... Or maybe what I'm seeing is just unexplainably real, like it has been my entire life. You can explain the tides, how they go in and out, but can you understand the concept of there being such a thing as water to go in and out in the first place? Oh sure, molecules, atoms, blah blah, all that song and dance. But what makes them be, fundamentally? What is it that being is? Stupid question, obviously. I know what being is. It's what I can feel and touch. And yet, the void is there. Can I feel and touch it? Did I ever experience the sensation of biting into the moon to see if it is actually made of cheese? No. Does that mean that the concept doesn't exist because the sensation doesn't? Bah. I'm drawing up a map of the city. No, that's not... That's being a bit too kindly to myself. I'm taking a map of the city and crossing out every space I find that is occupied by void. It's an outside hope, but I think that if I document my steps enough, maybe, just maybe... I'll be able to chart a route outside. Outside to what? To a highway that I traveled down as a kid? A long line of asphalt completely surrounded by the blank on either side? A singular peninsula of being. And where does it go? To an island far off in the Void Sea. My grandparents' house. Or it might lead everywhere. Maybe everywhere else still exists. Maybe the Void is just concentrated around me. I have no way of knowing until I've plotted each and every route. So that's what I'll be doing. That's what will eat my time away until there is no food left. Until I have looked so long and deeply into space which is not space that my mind turns itself into sand. I might be saved by my will. By my logic. But let's be honest. I won't be. Update. It's been four months. I'm going crazy. I know, I know. How am I to know that I myself am going crazy? After all, I must think that everything I've ever thought was sane. Otherwise, I wouldn't think it, yes? And anyways, if there is nobody around to compare my mindset to, then I must, by definition, be sane, yes? Well, I've changed the definition. Since I seem to be the only entity left in existence that uses language, I can do whatever I want to with it. It is my plaything. A turtle shmurp is a large marshmallow drenched in swamp water. And now turtle shmurp is a universally accepted word. 
holding as much meaning as the word word. And as with turtle shmurps, so is the crazy. I may not have anything to be deviant from, but I am certainly doing myself no favors. I have been talking to myself, full-on talking to myself, pantomiming various positions and personas in in-air conversation. I have been eating my dinner with my hands. I've gained 13 pounds and food supplies are running low. It hasn't rained, not even once. The clouds are sparse. Is the entire ocean gone because I've never been to the beach? I will run out of water here. Soon. How soon? A month. Two months. And what then? If the ocean's gone, it will never rain. I will drink from swimming pools and ponds, and then... And what about when that's gone? I have yet to find answers, solutions, anything. Anywhere I turn, I see it. I close my eyes and I see it. I dream and I see it. Yes, even in my dreams. It has been days since I have had a dream that depicted the world as full and healthy. My imagination is dying. I am dying. There is nothing to do, there is nothing to see, nothing to think. Closer and closer I drag on until the end of my rope. That was always going to be the case, but now that everything is broken, I can feel that decay so much more. I cannot bear it. I cannot watch myself die. So, the craziest idea fell into my head yesterday. It itches me just under my skin. I will jump into it. Somewhere. Somehow. I will. I will leave. I will die. I like to think that I'll find something beyond that black which is not black. But I won't. That sort of optimism is not befitting a world in which everything inexplicably shattered like a jar of jam thrown against the supermarket floor. Eight, no, nine days ago, I tried sticking things in there. Long things. A big stick I found in the park. A fishing pole that my neighbor Jim had. The void grasped onto the things like it had hands, slurping them down into... into... And that is the question. I kind of feel... I kind of want to feel embarrassed about this. It does kind of feel like giving up. There must be an answer to what's happened, a way to fix some of it. By giving up on that search, I am being lazy and a coward. As the walls close in around me here, I try to run away from the pain. I should feel embarrassed for committing this almost certain suicide, but really, I, I can't blame myself. Not even a little bit. I, I can't work the equations. I can't even find them. I can't find the tools. If they existed once, they are now beyond that curtain of absolute shadow. I tried for a while to conjure fake memories of places, see if that would make them worm their way into existence. After all, if the thing that caused the end was so obsessed with me, with my vision and the experience of the world, why then... why then wouldn't it give me such a boon? I thought and I thought, forcing my strongest emotions to the front of my mind with the help of several dozen drugs. But the void crept back not one single inch. It was there, now and forever, fixed from a time before, and nothing could change in the future. I thought of attempting to make a spacecraft, escaping this strange hell for the alternative hell of the stars. Problem with that is, of course, that I'm an idiot, and an individual idiot to boot. Thousands of full-time employees supported with intact infrastructure and billions of dollars. 
Yep, I, I, I can definitely beat that with my single solitary mind and access to old ramen noodles. Ah, uh, yes, very promising. That one in fifty quadrillion chance. No, no matter how, no matter how I parse it, I have no hope here anymore. The only thing really left is to watch my world and body decay even more. That's not my cup of tea. Oh, but I could read, play solitaire, and drink flat soda. Oh, joy! It seems cowardly, and yet in whole, it is actually a thousand times more brave than waiting for myself to die naturally. Because maybe, in that one split second where my essence collides with the void and I am wiped from history, I will find the tiniest sliver of an answer. I am not finding even that sliver otherwise. So, I'm gonna do it. Tomorrow. It'll be the same void. The first void. I'll take a running start, leap straight into it so there's no way I can change my mind at the end. And then... And then... And then I'll hear the song. I'll see the sea. Finally and forever. It will be okay. Uh... This notebook is real, real weird. I'm pausing everything here, by the way. Real, real weird. Because, and I mean, let's be honest, it's written in my voice. And my handwriting. And today is February 25th. But, but things are all here. And I am alright. Nobody's talking about the end of the world. Well, some people are, but they're talking about it in the way that they've discussed it in my whole life. Jesus is going to descend from the heavens and vacuum up all the good people into heaven. The president's going to have a mental spasm and will have nuclear war with Russia. I don't know how to feel about this. Who wrote it, for one? It really, really seems like something I would write, given I were in the situation described. But I'm not. And nobody knows me well enough to capture my voice like this. Not even my parents. I'm scared. Scared for tomorrow. Will something happen, or... Or maybe I wrote it. It feels like I did. It, it feels like I... I ran headfirst into it. The thing which is not a thing. It was cold. So cold. So warm, too, alternating from millisecond to millisecond. I felt I had my flesh seared right off my bones. And now, I'm here. And... And tomorrow's the damn 26th of February. Is it going to happen again? Am I in a loop? Is there any way to escape? No, 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 no. That's all nonsense, all of it. And yet, the notebook is real. The feelings are real. I think... I, I think it's just best if I don't think about it. <laughs>